because shiny object syndrome is probably where I lost the majority of my money. I was experimenting. I don't regret it. But trying to do um, more than one thing sometimes is dangerous. Trying to do more than five things is extremely dangerous. Yeah. And you rarely come across people who are, you know, founder and CEO of multiple billion dollar companies or, you know, or, you know, they may have lots of interest. They may have land, they may have real estate, you know, other things, but their main kind of day to day where they work all day in, it's usually, you know, one business or one practice area or one something. Um, and I've learned over time that you don't want your brain surgeon to also be a hip surgeon. And he also is a yoga teacher and he's this and he's that, and he's this and he's that. It's like, this is my brain. And like, I really need you to focus on the brain. And I think that certain level of business and certain things inside a business are like performing brain surgery. Josh, you're the founder and CEO of Snow Teeth Whitening, which is a nine-figure direct-to-consumer oral care brand, co-founder of Powerhouse Ventures, and much more, man. Thank you so much for taking time, man. I appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I like to start my shows off by going back a little bit, man. Where'd you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Yeah, um, childhood was was interesting. Um, you know, I think that like a lot of a lot of people could connect to. Um, you know, I, I had a great childhood, um, but I definitely always wanted to do more. I wanted to help people. I wanted to create value. I wanted to create impact. And I also, down to its core, wanted to. Um, you know, I wanted to make my family proud. I wanted to make myself proud. There was a lot of internal struggle around, um, you know, just figuring out who is Josh going to be and like, what is my potential and am I reaching my potential? And that happened in my teenage years mostly, yeah. which is kind of where I started to really get active in entrepreneurship. Yeah. I mean, while you were in high school, you started uh, Four Souls, which was an internet advertising company. How were you able to run that business and make it so successful and then be successful in school? I think you were valedictorian, right? Yeah, I was. It was. It was. Um, that was important for me too because um, you know I'm the first in my family to uh, graduate university, and so you know I knew that I, I had to have good grades, and and that was something that I took as a competition. I wasn't always like a straight A student. It was something that you know kind of grabbed me and said, you know what, if I'm going to be here, I want to be the best at what I do. And again, that was part of I had. I've always been an old soul, but I think I, I caught on to like, okay, the world doesn't owe me anything. I'm going to have to figure out things on my own. Yeah. I'm, you know, everything's hard. That's worth having, but you can get better at it. And so I started to kind of figure some of those early learnings out. And I think that for me, it, uh, once I figured out Google calendar and I figured out like my schedule and I said, you know what, I can cram my homework in a two hour period. I can challenge myself to get it done. I can, you know, work on my business you know, I can take a break, spend 30 minutes on my business, talking to my outsource team, talking to clients, um, you know, answering emails, things like that. And so um, I naturally had to start surrounding myself with good people. And I went online to find them. And yeah. I found freelancers and contractors in India, the United States, all over the place. And that helped me kind of manage while I was in school, they were kind of getting the work done, they were helping me manage stuff. And so I had to learn that quickly, but really the, the ultimate answer was, uh, for me, was figuring out how to master my schedule and how to master my time, time block. Um, I still do a lot of that today. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more going on. I've got a bigger team. There's a lot of other stuff that, that happens in my life, but I still keep a pretty good grasp. Like I've got, you know, um, my to-do lists that I use. I've got my Google calendar. I use my reminders. I put alarms for stuff so I can remember to do things. And I'm, I've learned that 
if I think about it and I have the time to do it and it's urgent or a priority, I'm going to just knock it out right then and there. Because if I push stuff off, I'm really good at procrastinating. And so I've learned that about myself. So I think in the early days, I didn't know that. I just knew that I needed to make money. I wanted to help my family out. I needed to get good grades. I think necessity of like wanting to be the best I could be and strive for that. It wasn't like I have to be valedictorian or I have to be a millionaire. It was, I want to have a big company. I want to be successful. I want to be someone that people respect. I wanted to earn my stripes. Yeah. Well, I think you made your first million at 17 years old, right? And then a lot of people at that age, especially having that, that money around there, you start to have the shiny object syndrome. I think you kind of had mentioned that you had fell into that. What did you waste your money on? And how did you get through that mindset, man, and, and get back on the right path there? Yeah, I mean, it was it was tough, right? I mean, it's initially, I growing up not having a ton of money, and then you make a little bit of money. And, and you know, initially, it was like, simple things, because, you know, like shoes, and it was like, then eventually, it was like car, because I grew up taking you know, the bus a lot. And like, yeah. I just always looked up to having a nice car. And so it became cars. And, you know, I think the most amount of money that I've spent, um, or kind of lost has been in experimentation in working with different business partners, starting different businesses that maybe didn't take off. And sometimes they require more money. And then when you have the money there, you say, well, I don't have to raise the money, I can just invest in myself and make this work. And so I think you you learn after a while, that, um, you know, it, it success flows to the path of least resistance. And so yeah. certain businesses take off faster than others. And so, you know, I put the businesses on a horse track and let them run and make sure they're all eating well, make sure everything's fine. And the, the in this environment, you have to help out the horse to a certain extent that isn't just as fast as the others, but sometimes you have to take the horse out of the race. And I think that's something that comes with maturity in terms of like, failing a lot of times and picking, picking yourself back up and you start to gain kind of a sixth sense where something's going. And you, you, I think one of the best skills of, of getting more experience in business is learning when to um, take a horse off the track. And the faster you do it, the better everyone else benefits, the more food the others have. So you have to learn that yeah, because shiny object syndrome is probably where I lost the majority of my money. I was experimenting. I don't regret it. But trying to do um, more than one thing sometimes is dangerous. Trying to do more than five things is extremely dangerous. Yeah. And you rarely come across people who are, you know, founder and CEO of multiple billion dollar companies or, you know, or, you know, they may have lots of interest. They may have land, they may have real estate, you know, other things, but their main kind of day to day where they work all day in, it's usually, you know, one business or one practice area or one something. Um, and I've learned over time that, you don't want your brain surgeon to also be a hip surgeon and he also is a yoga teacher and he's this and he's that and he's this and he's that. It's like, this is my brain. And like, I really need you to focus on the brain. Totally. And I think that certain level of business and certain things inside a business are like performing brain surgery. Yeah. Like I mentioned, you're the founder of Snow Teeth Whitening Oral Care brand. It's such a successful brand. I mean, where you've worked with Gronk and Chuck Liddell and other celebrities, but how did all that come together and why did it get so successful? Yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm fortunate to have run and sold and built and failed all kinds of businesses. And today, yeah. um, Snow is is the, the business that I think I'm 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 most known for. It's sure. it makes a lot of sense. Everybody's got teeth, and it's been something that I've also um, from the very start used Snow as the chronicles of building a brand and and chronicles of entrepreneurship, and shared that with my audience shared that with the community 
and really use snow as a learning opportunity for everybody and kind of learning at learning at my expense um you know learning at the the speed at which snow has grown i think that what we've done has been so um uh revolutionary in multiple ways i think that not just from product differentiation packaging differentiation um product altogether but also i think from the branding the celebrities the marketing the advertising there's been a lot of innovation across the board mm-hmm. and you know i have a phenomenal team it's something that we we are constantly on a mission to remain relevant um and i think that any good business is constantly asking themselves are we still relevant as we were 10 years ago and that's why i see brands lose relevancy they lose yep. customers they lose their base they lose revenue they go bankrupt they whenever you lose relevancy in your market um people don't connect with you the same way unless they're forced to if you're like salesforce or something like this where you just oracle and your entire company's built on oracle and you can't leave even if you wanted to yep. those are great companies not good examples of what i'm saying but you know if you're tied in somewhere you don't want to keep your customers as hostages you want them to you want them to stay because they want to and how do people stay at where they want to how do restaurants stay relevant versus other restaurants that close down and so i think there's a lot in there from a branding perspective that i think people have gravitated toward because of the attention to detail that we have on our products our marketing our advertising and i think that we've always stuck to our own guns in terms of the way that we speak the way that we think about things it's very tough to do um i think that's why we've you know i've self funded the business we bootstrap our growth we yeah. don't have any outside money right now we don't have any debt and it's an accomplishment but it's also it was a necessity for me to bet on our own horse and mm-hmm. do all that i could to give it everything it needed and um i think that there's a reflection of that i think that any business or any brand is the painting on a canvas of a group of artists and that painting is out there and it just connects with people it's like why does one painting connect to you than another yeah. is it the timing is it your interest is it because other people are bidding it up we try to combine a lot of those elements into creating sensation around a brand and to be very careful to not be a trend because you can create a lot of hype around fidget spinners or pop socket things like this and you can make a lot of money doing it especially for the first mover when yeah. you're in a space like oral care oral care has been around forever So you have to think about things in a refresh way and there are a thousand industries we could have gone into oral care for us was and still remains to be the most challenging it's the most difficult industry to break into um it's a space where you know it's a commoditized space so it's very difficult and i think a lot of a lot of that said if we're going to disrupt an industry we could go into skincare straight away and just have a shinier box or a different ingredient or something not that there's anything wrong with that billion billion dollar industry we wanted to go somewhere where nobody had gone before and and document that man so cool and you've been building and selling brands for you know 10 plus years now uh you know really off you know generating millions of customers for different brands but what drives you to be successful in life and in business at this point um i think that you you grow business to a certain point where um the it kind of reminds me of what you know why did i go to college and why did i finish you know university in 2 years and i you know i went to honors college and i did all this stuff and people ask me this oh you know you went to college especially you know younger kids i speak in front of they go do you think i should go to college and do you think like i can't answer that for you right. i just know that I, when i was there at that point it made sense for me it made sense for my family but i think the purpose uh, um outweighs your own personal 
like greed, your own aspirations. If you have a, a mission that's true, which is create something that's a category defining brand, um, truly disrupt the space in, you know, and by the way, there, there are thousands and thousands of companies doing what Snow is doing. I think what helps us stand out that much further is that we push the envelope in a space that has, you know, my opinion, not really seen that to this level. I mean, there's product innovation. There's great products out there. Like Oral Care is great. Yeah. But we wanted to bring our own spin on it. And so I think that keep, what keeps us motivated at this point is that we've created something that now millions of people love and, and follow and the community follows entrepreneurs. And so it's, we're almost like steward, you know, we're caretakers of this kind of revolution inside of a brand. And by the way, it's, it's our expression, you know, it's like if we had a, a, a band together and we made music and you have to be willing to make your very best music when nobody's listening, because one day people will dig back and they will listen to that music and they will realize why you're great. And so I think it's very hard as an artist when you're, when you're a struggling artist, creating that type of impactful work um, is difficult because you're not getting the validation from the market. Um, you have to kind of create in a silo. And I think that a lot of innovation happens in that way. You take things from lots of different industries and you create your own version of it and then you debut it to the world. And, you know, the nice thing about marketing advertising is you tell them that they should care. You tell them that this is unique. This is new. This is something you should look at. And I think that what we've combined is some of the best thinking, the design thinking and brand thinking folks who, by the way, have never done this before. Snow is for many of us an opportunity for us to do things we've never done. Yeah. Combining, combining that kind of design with the ability to market and advertise, we can drive 5 million people to our website in a month. So when you take a, that type of raw, hungry design uh, and aspiration to, to disrupt with the actual ability to get 5 million people to see that in 30 days without anyone's help, like we can do that. When you combine those, the stakes are really high, which creates pressure for the art to be really nice, but you, you get, you still get to operate kind of in a silo. And I think that some of the best brands in the world get to create things without our input and then show them yep. to us and say, how did you know I wanted this? And Apple being of course the best. Yeah. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, starting with Rewebbed. They are the best digital marketing agency on the planet. I love working with those guys. Founded by a guy named Ian Inman. He's on a mission to feed 1 billion kids and help 1 million entrepreneurs. Go check them out, tell them I sent you. Alpha Outpost, amazing monthly subscription box sent right to your door every single month. You can start for five bucks. They send you cool stuff like this. Go use the code TOPRATINGMMA for 15% off your order. Every time that I have a guest on my show, they say that's an amazing flag. Well, this flag here and many others that I own are from a company called Combat Flags. It's a veteran-owned company. They're on a mission to donate as much money as they can to stop soldier suicide. It's an amazing organization. Go check them out, Combat Flags. I wanted to shift a little bit to uh, the powerhouse mastermind that you have going on. This is so cool. You're doing this low Silva, uh, really amazing. People have to apply for this, but for people who don't know about this, what's this all about? Yeah. I mean, so probably for 10 years now, I've been wanting to um, put a lot of my learnings and all of our shared learnings into a community. And, you know, I've shied away for 10 years now in terms of creating a standard course or, you know, something like that, because it's, you know, I have so much time, I only have so much time, so it has to be very focused. And I thought, what is something that 
could dramatically change the way that entrepreneurs are thinking about their business. And so Powerhouse, with my partner, Lo Silva, who is one of you know, the smartest, nicest guys that, that I've ever met, we decided to create Powerhouse as a community for high-performing entrepreneurs, people who want to take their business to Excel, people who are drop shipping but want to create a brand, people who are creating a brand but are struggling at a certain point, people who want to create a brand that has true impact, true valuation, true withstanding power, or they just want to add some of those elements to their lifestyle business and get it to the next level. And so we said, okay, we don't want to create a course per se. We don't want to create a mastermind per se. We don't want to create any of these things because we make our money running businesses. We make our money like doing what we do. So like, how do we help people the way that we want to help them, but then justify the time we're taking away from our multi-million dollar businesses and make the very best stuff because again, like that artist kind of analogy, we don't, we both don't want to put something out there for an extremely proud of it. We don't need the money. So it's, it's right. not like we need something to sell. This is what the people will buy. It's more of the lines of what would we buy yep. and what are we willing to sell? And if people buy it and people join it, great. And so far the reception has been great. It turns out there are a lot of entrepreneurs who want to take it to the next level. There are a lot of people who have maybe not followed the snow journey. They don't follow me on Instagram, but they have this calling for like, okay, I've, you know, I've been doing a mishmash of things. I want to focus in on one thing. I want to build a powerhouse brand or I want to take what's paying my bills right now, but it's like every day is a new struggle and I don't know what's going to happen. When you build a brand, you don't have to go to sleep and be afraid that your ad account on Facebook is going to disappear in the morning or someone's going to copy, you know, your ads and they're going to beat you the next morning and find the next thing. When you create a brand, you have a thousand other things to worry about, right. but you don't have to worry so much about the, uh, existence of what you've built. You're worried more about the relevance, the, 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 the numbers and all that type of stuff. So it changes the way you think. And I think that um, what we're doing with Powerhouse is giving people an opportunity to join a community of people who are thinking the same things they're thinking. Any mastermind should have that. But particularly the um, stuff that we're doing, it's not, it's not written about anywhere. It's not shared anywhere. It's, it's, it's stuff that is you know truly impactful for the people that are are able to uh, enact that they're able to to do that they want to do that and so i think that we want to put something that are really special um and it's growing fast but we wanted to um kind of create something that was uh, a virtual depiction of the way that we're thinking about the market where marketing is going where entrepreneurship is going and give others an opportunity to be a part of that and build their powerhouse brand. The goal is we want to have a thousand powerhouse brands built through our community. Like with our community, we want to help other businesses skyrocket their advertising, skyrocket their branding. Skyrocket. So we talk about everything in there from sourcing, packaging, hiring, media buying, uh, the right agency for agency for this, the right agency for that. And all, by the way, all the millions of dollars that me and Los have lost together of hiring the wrong agencies, hiring the wrong people. Um, you know, a lot of stuff that we've learned in the past, being able to give that up front, there's no harm to sharing the information. Um, unless it's your only business, like then there is a harm. Yeah. If someone, if, if someone went and, and, and gave this stuff out for free that we're including in some of the modules and stuff, it's okay because the next week there's a new module and next week there's a new module and like we're constantly updating it. We have a whole team behind it. So for us, it's for the greater good of the public, but we wanted to put a lot of time into it. We put a lot of time, a lot of effort, and we said, okay, 
we want people to be serious about this and we want people to take this seriously. And so far it's been, it's been a success. Love it, man. And you guys give out or give back a ton of money to charities and organizations. Why was it so important for you guys to give back? Um, I think that, cause we, we talk about this a lot internally and we try yeah. to never to lead with, we're not Tom's right. This is not a one for one model. Yep. Um, this isn't, um, let's slap something on so we can get higher click through rate on marketing. None of our marketing talks about it. Like it's rare that it's even mentioned Yeah. our website. You got to dig around a little bit. Like that was intentional because we go, we don't want people to ever buy our product just because we're giving money away or there, or someone else is getting one or we want to be able to buy the product because it works better than what they've had before because they really buy with our brand. And then it's a nice kind of mint on your pillow when you say, by the way, you know, a portion of the proceeds, you know, for this month are going to this organization or we're focused on, you know, helping this. And so I think that in today's day and age, a company has more responsibilities than ever before. And I think when you're selling direct to the customer, there is more of that expectation of like, look, I'm going to give you the money instead of going to Macy's or Walmart to buy a, another product. I'm going to give it to you on your website, but who are you? What are you doing? What are you going to do with my money? What can I expect my product? So when you disintermediate, take out the retailer and you're selling direct to the customer, there, there is more of that uh, connection and you start to think about what does the customer actually care about? What would they react well to? Yeah. Or if you have a buffer with the retail, you never get to really hear directly what the customers are thinking. And I think that um, if, if customers knew that, you know, a portion of their, of their sale was going to help for a good cause, and it wasn't impacting the cost of their product. It wasn't something that was added after the fact. It's just something that is there. I think there is a sense of that. And, and, and by the way, there's huge success stories of purpose first, you know, organization first businesses. Sure. We just wanted to say, look, we're doing something that's honestly, it's a first world problem. Having white teeth is a first world problem. The cosmetic space, we're in the oral cosmetic space. A lot of the stuff we sell are for people that you know, don't have to worry about certain things. You know, it's like, it's not just that customer, yep. but if you're spending 150 bucks on our teeth whitening system, you're someone who, you know, is investing in your smile and you want it whiter. And so there is a little bit of like, Hey, while we're thinking about the cosmetic side of things, we don't want to sour the conversation and talk about all that's wrong with the world. We just want to say, here are a couple of things we've identified that we kind of connect with. Hopefully you guys do too. It's not going to change the price on anything. We just decided on our side to do some donations and it's been, it's been pretty chill because the customer's not feeling like they're being taken advantage of. Yeah. Three quick last fun questions there for you. What's a favorite type of music, a favorite band for you? Um, I'm a big R&B fan. Okay. I, love, I, love, I love to sing. I'm not the best at it, but I love to sing on, you know, in my own time, in my own yeah. house. But I, there's a band called Always Never that's in um, Canada. Okay. That is a, uh, is a really good R and B band. And then I listen to, everyone says every genre is, is their favorite. Um, you know, I like, it depends on the mood, right? Everyone's got their own mood music. I'm going to the gym. I'm listening to something a little more hardcore. If I'm just kind of working in silence, I'm listening to Rufus the soul, just the you know, electronic music or kind of in the background. It just, it really, really depends. So um, that's, I would say though, that most of the time, if I had a choice, I'm listening to some type of um, some type of modern R&B. Nice. Uh, what uh, last question for you? What's a, a bucket list item that you still have to check off? Um, I think a, a bucket list item. I I would like to um, 
I would like to travel um, with my with my parents. I think that'd be something that would be nice. I think I, I've been so heads down working so much and doing so much for so long. There's not really an excuse of why it's not happening right now, but I think that there's there's also a certain level of like, um, look what I built, mom, or look what I built, dad, and kind of that kind of showcase. And so for me, it's been you know, they're beyond proud of me. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. an adult and it's been a decade since they've had to worry about me. But um, I think that being able to kind of also travel in a nicer way, like say, mm -hmm. stay in a nicer place and fly first class and do the, maybe just splurge on like a trip with the parents. That's definitely something on my bucket list. Yeah. Josh, such an honor to have you on my show today, man. Thank you so much for, for taking the time, man. You truly are an absolute world changer, man. Looking forward to seeing what you got coming up in the next year, man. And, and all of uh, just praying blessings over your business and your family, man. Thank you so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I so appreciate it. Please leave a comment down below. Leave us a review. Share this video. We want to get it in front of as many people as we can. I'm going to continue to bring on the best guests possible from world changers, entrepreneurs, success-minded people. We are creating visionaries here on this channel. Thank you so much for checking it out. Have an awesome day.